Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. We are getting into the depths, getting close to March Madness. It is conference tournament week. Uh, we have got a jam-packed episode with you. Brett and I are going to walk you through all of the, uh, we what we would call the six major conference uh, tournaments. These, we're going to break them down, talk about our, our picks to win, some teams that might be on the bubble in these conference tournaments that need a big week. Uh, so those teams to look out for. We'll, we'll break it all down. We'll, we'll talk about the big storylines. It'll be a good time. Um, should be a quick easy one for you so without further ado we'll welcome in and uh, brett how you doing tonight man i'm doing great it's college basketball season right in the heart of it march madness so you can can never hate that there's always every night this next week and really the next two or three weeks there's gonna be basketball on i love that oh there's basketball on all day long it's fantastic if you're the fortunate people that maybe work from home uh, you, you probably got basketball on in the background while you're you're working throughout the day. It's such a good time. Um, and you've got plenty of other to watch, plenty of other things to watch as well. you got the Players' Championship starting tomorrow. Um, we won't dive into that too much, but there's just, there's so much sports. It's such a good, good and fun time. Um, I'm going to be down at the SEC tournament this weekend myself, leaving out tomorrow to start heading down to Tampa. But so it's going to be a good time. I can't wait to go watch it. But without further ado, let's 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 break them down, Brett. Let's start talking. Some of these conferences uh, got started earlier today um, or even yesterday. Some of them with their very early games or we'll we'll take it out. We'll take it down in alphabetical order. So we're not putting any preferences to any certain conferences. So we'll start with we'll start with the ACC. Um, so far, there's been a couple games that have already happened. Uh, you had. In the first round, I believe Boston College knocked off. Ooh, who was it? It was somebody bad. Um, Georgia Tech lost to Louisville. Boston College beat somebody else in the first round. And then the second round today, Syracuse whooped up on Florida State. Boston College pulled off a shocker in overtime, knocking off number five or the fifth-seeded Wake in their tournament. You've got Virginia Tech Clemson later tonight, Virginia Louisville tomorrow, and then your your top four seeds with Duke, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Miami coming into it. I guess, you know, who are the teams that stood out or who do stand out to you in this conference? What are some matchups or games you might look forward to? Who do you have winning it? Let's just take it away. Well, let me answer a few of your questions right there uh, to start off. And obviously, I think I'm going to I'm not the only one who says this, but I think uh, Duke is probably the favorite to win this conference. Uh, they're a strong team. Um, they got shooters. They got they can they can play physical, play defense, and they have one of the greatest coaches of all time leading them. Even though they did stumble a little bit at the end of the season there against North Carolina and Coach K's uh, going away game uh, from Cameron Indoor, um, but I, I do think Duke is a very good team. They're pretty complete, and I could definitely see them winning this conference and pushing pretty far into the NCAA tournament, which we will get into next week, um, as you alluded to. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like Duke, um, just kind of to reiterate that. Um, another team I think is interesting is North Carolina. Um, they're hot, pretty hot and cold um, throughout the season. Uh, they, they definitely can get really hot, I mean, as we saw against Duke. And I, I don't want to call them a dark horse because they are the three seed. But I don't think a ton of people are expecting them to win this conference, but I, I, they could definitely do it. I mean, just the way I start looking at it of how things break down, um, 
you've got, like you mentioned, uh, two obviously being the ones who will be playing Syracuse uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Miami will be playing the winner of, uh, or they'll be playing Boston College. You have Notre Dame playing the winner of Virginia and Clemson, who I think both of those teams are terrible personally. And then you have Virginia and Louisville tonight, and I expect Virginia to pretty well uh, beat up on Louisville. Louisville's not a very good team, and Virginia's playing for their tournament life. They said on the next four out, according to Joe Lenardi. So not only will they have to win at least one game, I think they probably have to win two minimum, maybe three, to get themselves in on uh, into the tournament. And so as you just start looking at some of the matchups there, Duke trounced Syracuse the last time they played at uh, up at the Carrier Dome. I don't expect any different result, especially to coming off the loss. I think they'll be pre-PO'd and come in there. And then you you look at it, Miami. I, like I said, I think Boston College and uh, I think Boston College is not a very good team. They they beat up on a not great Wake team today, who was sitting on the pretty close to on the bubble coming into this ACC tournament. So losing today really really hurts. It's gonna be a sweaty weekend for them sitting at home, not being able to help themselves. So I, I look at it, and you probably have Duke Miami in the semifinals, and then. Notre Dame will likely beat Virginia Tech or Clemson, either one of those teams, not great. And then you'll have North Carolina, Virginia. Virginia will be playing for their tournament life. But like you mentioned, North Carolina, um, that's actually my pick in the ACC to win it all this tournament because I think that Duke uh, doesn't necessarily need this tournament. Um, they're probably going to be a one seed with or without winning this tournament. And so – I just don't know how focused they are. It, it, it's a little bit of a tune-up period. Yes, it's nice to win the ACC tournament for Coach K's last season, but this is a team that has natural national championship aspirations, and that's what this team is focused on. So they're not going to go out there and play everything they've got in this tournament, which I think that a team maybe like Virginia or North Carolina might do because their tournament life's dependent. And although North Carolina's probably in Virginia – I've mentioned before already a couple times, not so much. So I've got North Carolina winning that game, but if Virginia could make it past that, I think it would solidify themselves in. And then definitely, obviously, uh, they would be playing for a spot in the tournament without even having to worry about a selection Sunday for them if they were to then probably knock off number one week in the final. Uh, and so it, it's just things like that I'm going to start looking at into these conference tournaments. Is It's a lot of motivation and who really needs it, who doesn't so much. And Duke's the easy answer. Um, I'm not faulting you for going with chalk because Duke's no doubt the best team. I'm just going to uh, go out and say that I just don't know how focused it would be. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. I, I, I mean, ACC is one of the most storied uh, conferences in college basketball, um, having blue bloods like Duke and North Carolina, um, among others. But, I mean, D D Coach K is always going to have his team ready. Um and that's always one of their goals in the season is to win the ACC. So I don't know if I would necessarily say they're not prepared or they're not they're not motivated to win the tournament. But I, I definitely see what you're saying um, because you're probably right. They don't need to win this to get in as a one seed. But I guess we will. Uh, I guess we will see. I know. Um, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, I wonder if that last game, before we move off of it, that, that game against UNC, I think there was just – I think there was such an enormous pressure to win that game 
the Duke players probably felt to win that last one for Coach Kane. Not not just because it's his last game, but then you also throw in the fact that it's your most bitter rival in North Carolina. And I I hope that that sort of experience and that sort of feel of a must-win game will help that team in the, in the long run because that's probably a, a, a feeling that none of those players have had a lot of young players on that Duke team. So hopefully they, they learn from that experience and can utilize that as they get themselves in further into the ACC tournament and ultimately the uh, NCAA tournament likely is the one seed. And I think they're, they're really set up for a, a very deep run. Um, automatic qualifiers uh, aside, how many teams from the ACC do you see getting in? Oh, uh, Duke, Notre Dame. I think the the top four are in, and then you think Miami's in. I think Miami is in. Uh, I just Virginia's the bubble team, and they'll have to win minimum two, max three. And I I don't know if they beat North Carolina, which puts them at, which probably puts the ACC at four teams, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, a Wake Forest if they made a, a big push. In this tournament, I think they could have probably maybe got themselves in, but um, I think this losing, loss is really going to hurt them. Not to mention losing today at this time, are you you get a lot of you're going to get bid stealers in one of these in especially some of the lower conferences, but even in some of these big conferences, you might get a legitimate bid stealer. So uh, that that could hurt Wake Forest out big time losing today. I think if they had won today, I would have said five. I would have said Wake gets in if they could have handled business, but this is a this is a bad, bad loss. Right. Right. And I think, I think we've seen over the past few years, the uh, selection committee does favor um, how you're playing at the end of the season and how you're playing in the conference tournament. So, I mean, this obviously, like you said, does not help Wake Forest case at all. Selection committee, I think is like everybody else out there in the nation. We want to see the best teams in, to be fair, we want to see the best teams playing their best basketball. So exactly. you're, you're going to choose if you're looking at two teams that are dead, even like awake and one other team that maybe that team made a run in their conference tournament and wake didn't that other team probably is going to get the nod because the selection committee is going to want to see better teams. Right. And one other team I just kind of want to highlight quick is uh, Syracuse. I think they're a really interesting team. Um, I mean, Jim Beheim always has his teams coached up just as well as uh, coach K does. I mean, he always has them coming ready to play and, uh, they got shooters across the board. They got both of Jim Beheim's kids, Buddy and uh, Jimmy, and as well as uh, um, Joe Girard. So just having three shooters across the perimeter just really brings something that a lot of teams struggle to um, defend. Just having those three three separate guys who can all just shoot at a really high level. So I, I, I think I, – I don't know if I'd say they're – I'd say their ceiling is winning, but I don't see that happening. I mean, they, if they can knock off Duke, then at that point, you're wondering, at that point, everything's back open for them. Right. Uh, so they'll have their chance tomorrow. And they put up 96 points today on FSU. And I watched a lot of that game. They could have put up more points. Um, it was, And they absolutely just demolished them from start to finish. They're going to need to rebound a little bit better and outside of that. But their team played incredibly well shot the ball extremely well um and a, and a real x factor for them is cole swider uh he when they played at north carolina two weeks ago 
He put up a career high. I believe it was 34, 37 points there. Is an extremely hot shooter if he can make a couple early. Just at that point, if he makes one or two shots, he gets extremely confident, keeps firing. Today he put up 28. He is a real X factor for him. So watch that early in the game tomorrow against Duke. If he can get hot, watch out because that will just open up everything else for the, all those other people that you were talking about there on, on Syracuse. Oh, for sure. So uh, we'll back out of the, uh, the ACC and we'll move into the Big 12 now. Um, on looking at the Big 12, it's a, a nice tight tournament of only nine teams this year because Oklahoma State is in their NCAA probationary period. So the very first game is going to be later today, or actually not the startup as we're sitting here recording this podcast, and that is A-State and West Virginia, two teams that – would absolutely have to win it all, um, to I believe, to make it into the tournament. West Virginia helped themselves a little bit at the end of the year, beating TCU in the last game of the season, but it's been a pretty disappointing season. I think they're going to have to make it probably right at least to the final, if not all the way. You, you look at it, Kansas is the one, Baylor's the two, Texas Tech's the three, Kansas the four, TCU five, Iowa State six, and Oklahoma seven. So uh, where do we want to start here, Brett? Um, I'm going to go with my, my pick as a champion again, uh, and this is going to be another, another pretty easy one for me to pick. Oh, and chalk? Yeah, I'm going with the chalk. I'm picking Kansas in this. Uh, they've looked like the best team in the conference all year. I mean, they've definitely had their slip-ups, but, um, I think coaching in this part of the season is so important, and Bill Self is one of the best to ever do it. So I, I I got I got Kansas and Remy Martin, Rock Chalk Jayhawk for you, yes sir. But I, I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna move away from chalk and I have a little bit more reasoning than than just to be a little bit different. Uh, I, I Kansas has had an mo under Bill Self of winning the regular season championship and not finishing it off with a big uh, tournament title. And I, I don't know why that is. I, I think a little bit of it is the fact that the Big 12 is just incredibly volatile. It seems like every year there's five, six teams that are very deep, very easy to beat you. And also, I hate how their their lineup is going to gonna go here because they're going to have to play uh, the winner of the K-State and West Virginia game, which will be one of those teams will be desperate for a huge resume-building win. And if they advance past that game, they're staring at playing Texas, who they really, really struggled with this past week, or TCU, who's going to be playing them for the third time in a week, beat them at TCU, almost beat them at uh, their uh, at their arena, Allen Fieldhouse. So both of those teams match up extremely well in Kansas. I don't like Kansas getting out of here at all myself. I like Texas Tech getting done. Um, earlier, two months ago, I would have told you that Texas Tech is a team that I didn't think they had the offense to win, go very deep in March, and their offense has picked it up. I know they lost their last game of the year at was or to uh, Oklahoma State. It was Oklahoma State's very last game of the year for anything because they're suspended. So I think they've made it basically like their championship game. It was they went all out for that one, and I, I like Texas Tech on on this draw. I think that they've got a really easy. Very good matchup for them in the first one against Iowa State, a defensive team that does not score a lot of points. And then I, I like where they stand against Baylor. They've played them extremely well this year. And, yeah, so I, I've got Texas Tech. I mean, also 
goes along with what I said last week, but we were starting to look at the bracket. I think Texas takes the sleeper when you get to March. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could, I could yeah, three that. Like you said, this, like you said, this is a very volatile league. I mean, there's four or five teams that I could see winning this. Um, Baylor being another one, um, returning national champs. So, uh, and getting healthier and getting healthier. Correct. I mean, they did lose a lot of scoring, um, to the draft last year, but, um, they're, they should be right back in the mix for this. League. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to they're gonna be an, an extremely hard team to get out. I think every game in the Big 12 tournament is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I would be surprised if there's any big blowouts in any game. Just looking at it, other than, well, actually, Baylor's going to handle themselves pretty easily against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not good. Um, but outside of that, I think that all these other games are going to be really easy or, or really tough, hard-fought games, and It'll come down to, you know, the, the same old things that normally break out in a tight basketball game. Free throws, turnovers, that type of thing. Um, hopefully not too many bad calls influencing games, but I, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we've got a rock. So we've got a rock chalk Jayhawk and Texas Tech Red Raiders are your picks coming out of the Big 12 tournament. Uh We'll move on over to the Big East, which I think this is going to be an incredibly entertaining tournament myself. What about you? Oh, agreed. I mean, being a Creighton fan, I've followed this league the entire year, and there is – I mean, let me just count them right now. It's teams I can think could win this. I mean, Providence, Villanova, UConn. Uh, if Creighton was healthy, I would say them, but I just don't see it happening. And I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave them out just because I don't want to be biased. Uh, Marquette could win it. Seton Hall could win it. St. John's, if they get hot, could win it. Butler and Xavier are always tough. So six, seven teams, I think, could win it. Like it's, it's. This league is always very, very competitive, just because I don't think there's one single team that is really dominant over the league. Even though you, we've seen Villanova be a high seed um, over the past couple of years, I mean, but they're they're definitely beatable by numerous teams in this league. I mean, they, they've lost games this year. I mean, Marquette swept them this year. And Marquette is, themselves is near the bubble, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they've fallen off after – they went on an incredible stretch there in early January, um, Marquette did, and then really fell off the wagon there at the end of the year. So, looking at it uh, myself, I mean, as we sit here and talk, the very first game of that Butler Xavier game, it's going to overtime and or it's in overtime right now with Butler up by five with a minute thirty-eight to go. So um, likely, I would say that's a little bit of an upset, um, or at least based off the Vegas odds, it was an upset going into that game. And yeah, it's any team can sit here and win it. Um, you look at Providence has been – I know you were really high on them or you are really high on them going into the NCAA tournament. A lot of people are. They're a really uh, interesting team. People are seem to either love Providence or hate Providence, and a lot of it all stems to what we were talking about last week, how lucky of a team that they are. Uh, and luck is the – you can determine it a little bit in statistics, but when you're breaking it down in statistics, a lot of that just comes back to, like, they're winning a lot of really close games, which is a bit on their own execution, and it's a bit on other teams' uh, poor execution in late game. Um, my pick for the tournament would be Villanova myself, and I think that the main reason why is that 
I, I do think that they're the best team that they play are in this conference all year for one and two. They've already played at Madison Square Garden once this year, and I think that that's going to be a nice little added bonus. And once you start getting into it, is they just had that one extra little little game. They played Syracuse there back in December, the Jimmy B Classic. So a little bit of extra added uh, added pressure and a little added benefit, I should say, of them already having been at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Uh... If I'm giving my pick, I know I said um, I like Providence for the tournament, um, for the NCAA tournament, but um, I'm going to give my pick out to UConn. Um, they got a nice duo in RJ Cole at the guard and Adam Adama Sadogo, Sanogo. I'm saying that wrong, but uh, at, the, at the center position, and, and they, they play hard, they play fast, they can score the ball, and they really make you turn it over, is what UConn does. Um, which playing games in, in consecutive days really I mean, getting up and down and running the court really wears down teams. And I think their pressure really that they can create really will uh, help their odds of, of going far and potentially winning this tournament. And they, hey, they're on the opposite side of the bracket from Creighton. So that's got to help them after right. you wet by them. I, I actually really do think that they, uh, oh, wow, as we are sitting here, Breaking news uh, on this podcast, Syracuse's guard, Buddy Beheim is suspended for the Duke game after his gut punch in the... Oh, Dad put him in timeout? <laughs> uh, no, the NCA did it. Oh, boy. Um, so, poor Buddy. But, yeah, he, uh, he if you haven't seen the video, he legitimately turned around and threw a straight punch into somebody's gut after rebound. So no real surprise, but back to the, uh, back to the big East here. I, I agree that UConn is a really good team. I think that they match up poorly against Creighton, but about everybody else, I, I like their chances. They, that four or five Creighton Marquette is going to be such a fun game to watch. Both of those teams. I think Creighton is in, I think Marquette is also in, but clearly both teams would like to get that win to guarantee themselves in the tournament. And then, the other team is going to be sitting a little bit more squirrely come Sunday uh, after a one and done in the uh, Big Ten t- or in the Big East tournament here. Yeah, and uh, another team kind of to, I'd like to kind of highlight is uh, is uh, uh, St. John's with uh, Posh Alexander and um, Julian Champagny. Their guard play is insane. And I don't really know if you consider Champagny a guard or a wing but he can he can fill it up and posh is one of the best defenders in the in the league this year in the big east so i I think they're a really interesting team um they don't seem to put it together all the time um over the course of this year but i i think if if they do start playing together and and start playing their game that i know they can play i think they could make a deep run in this tournament as well yeah uh the big east is always a it's always a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, I hate that. I'm just going to say it here before we say it basically for every single session. Uh, every single one of these conference tournaments can be won by a lot of teams. Um, there, It's going to be a theme going into March Madness next week. And I think that when you look at the teams that can win an actual championship, most of the time you start looking at it, it's probably – four or five teams, you look at a bracket and you're like, these are real national title contenders. I think this year you're going to be talking about eight, 10, 12 teams getting into March right. that are 
type of contenders, if not, and then a lot more teams that are Final Four type contenders. Right. So as you look at that, if you if you start extrapolating that back out, you go into the conferences, and lo and behold, you're going to start looking at three, four, five teams in each conference that can that can win it all, and that's because well, they've already beaten these teams this year, and if they've done it once, they can sure as hell do it again. Yeah, the amount of parity in college basketball these days is, is great, and I I'm not really sure why that is. Why the past couple of years we haven't seen that one team like, like for example, Kentucky um, back in 2017 or was it 15? Yeah, 15 was the year that they had their their undefeated run. Yeah, and like they had like 10 players went to the NBA. They're insane. But we haven't seen a team like that recently, and I mean, I like it because obviously there's you never know who's going to win these games, and it's it's awesome as a basketball fan and and someone who who just really enjoys watching March Madness. Um, yeah, you just never really never know what's going to happen. So I mean, I think the transfer portal is a huge part of that. Um, I think that you start looking at a lot of these teams that are getting these grad trans. At the time, it was grad transfers, and now you can get any transfer. Uh, from these mid-majors that maybe go to a team and uh, they put up 20, 30 points a game on for for a team that's, you know, that nobody knows of, of an Oral Roberts or, or a Chicago State, I don't know. Right, Kevin Stop. O'Banner, for example. Yeah. On a tech. Exactly. So start you start looking at teams like that of where they just – they ball out and then they get themselves a nice a, a nice role on a team – in a much bigger conference, and you can get these nice mix of if you get a good recruiting class and maybe a stud freshman or two, and then you have your guys that have been in the system for already three or four years, so that's all your role players and a couple other starters, and then you bring in a transfer that's maybe a difference maker on a spot that your guys haven't developed to do, whether that's a pure shooter or a big man or a post threat, um, a really good blocker slash like a rim defender, that, that type of stuff that you can go out and just – pick that one piece. It's a lot easier in basketball than it is in football because you're looking at five spots and maybe a couple other position roles. And so it's a little bit easier to just kind of like fill that one last piece for each team. And I think that that's been a huge part of the, uh, the parody in recent years. Right. And can, you've kind of seen that in uh, at least the big East. I mean, Creighton got uh, a grad transfer from the D2 level, actually from Northwest Missouri state. Uh, his name is Ryan Hawkins. He won two national championships at the D2 level with, with Northwest Missouri State and transferred up to Division One to Creighton. And he is one of three seniors on the team. All three seniors are transfers. Um, one transferred in from McNeese State. Um, one transferred in from Duke. It's Alex O'Connell and then Hawkins. And Hawkins really, I mean, he doesn't really specialize in any one thing. Um, he does a lot of different things very good, not not at an elite level. And he's not it's not like he's a great like athlete or anything. I mean, obviously he played at a D2 level, he's from a small town in Iowa. But what he does is is he leads. Uh Creighton the whole year has played three, sometimes four freshmen. Um and four freshmen on the court at a given time if you if you count uh Ryan Kalkrenner, who's a COVID freshman. Um, who actually just won the Big East Player of the Year or the Big East Defender of the Year. Um, but what uh, Hawkins really does bring to the team is maturity, and he's really done a great job of getting Creighton's uh, three stud freshmen um, that were named to the all-Big East freshman team. Um, 
rated play at this level of uh, high level of college basketball. And I think it's one thing that's overlooked um, is leadership. He's a floor general. Yes, that is the way he plays the four, but he, he runs everything. He, he'll call out plays. He'll get the guys all together in the huddle, calm down those freshmen, and really just every, levels everyone's head. And it's, it's great to see. And he's really going to be missed next year. You need that on every single team. Um, you'll definitely need that as you get into, into March. Um, any, other, any other teams you want to touch on here? You want to move over to the Big Ten? Let's move on to the Big Ten. I'm ready. All right. Um, I, I would say if the Big 12 is going to be the most – maybe the most entertaining. I, I wouldn't even say most wide open because I want to say the Big Ten is going to be the most wide open personally. If you look at it, you can go down to the seven or eight seed in this league and say that they are extremely talented enough to make a run to win the tournament and go on to the NCAA tournament and probably make a Sweet 16 Elite Eight run. Uh, there's that many teams in this Big Ten tournament that can do it, in my opinion. But it's going to be a matter of who can actually put it together when these games matter most in March, and clearly not every single one of these teams can win their own conference games in the tournament. So we'll start with the, the very first game is currently going on as we speak, and that is Northwest Northwestern and Nebraska. Nebraska was not awful under uh, Fred Hoiberg. Is that the coach's name, right? That is, that is their coach, Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. Uh, got awful under him for the last couple of years, playing terrible, and – he gets a vote of confidence about two weeks ago, and all of a sudden they go out after that vote of confidence. They go on the road and they win at Penn State, and everyone's like, "Okay, well that's a nice win that came out of nowhere, but that's a nice win." And then they go on the road to Ohio State and they win there, and everyone's like, "Wow, this is really surprising." And then they go on the road and they knock off the co-Big Ten champs in Wisconsin, and they're coming in red hot. I know you're not a Nebraska basketball fan necessarily, even though you're a huge Cornhuskers football fan, but I mean, it's wild what they've been doing the last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. I mean, as we're watching or as we're recording this, they're playing Northwestern, like you said, and beginning of the second half, it's two minutes in, it's 41 to 30. I mean, they are playing their best basketball at the right time. And I don't know what Trev Alberts, Nebraska's athletic director said to Fred Hoiberg, but he lit a fire into this guy and lit a fire into this team because they are playing <laughs> like a totally different team. And they got Trey McGowns, uh, their junior point guard back, who had uh, broken his foot early in the year. Um, and with a team like this that relies on so much their scoring from fre- from a freshman and Bryce McGowns, Trey's younger brother, and uh, transfers like Latman and uh, Derek Walker, uh, transfer from Tennessee, and Alonzo Verge, transfer from Arizona State. I mean – when you look at other teams in the Big Ten, you don't see that. You see juniors and seniors that have been on the team for three, four years that have established chemistry, and it's it's so tough to win in a league like this that's chock full of old talent and chemistry that it's it's surprising to see a team like Nebraska who's kind of thrown it all together uh, here at the end of the season to make a run. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that they can win the Big Ten Championship, but the way they're playing, I hope they don't. 
Uh, That would be a true bid steal. Let me tell you right now, uh, Nebraska is not making their way into the NCAA tournament unless they can uh, win it all. But at the same time, I look at it, I'm like, well, shoot, you, you go, they, if they hold on to beat Northwestern, then they go play Iowa and Iowa has been known to have some scoring problems at times. You get out of that Iowa, if you could somehow knock off Iowa, then you're looking at uh, playing Rutgers. I think that they could get past Rutgers with how that team's looked away from home at times this year. And now you're talking about playing Illinois, most likely in the semifinals. And it's like, wow, you could very easily win two or three games in this Big Ten tournament. And I would not be the least bit surprised at this point. Right. Um, right, but like you, like you were saying earlier, I think there is legitimately eight teams that could win this tournament. Um, I mean, you got Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Rutgers, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois. I mean, it's such a deep league, um, and I don't want to say it's the best league in the country, but I do think it is the deepest. I think teams can go deep in their in their on their bench and play guys who aren't starters extended minutes and get wins just because a lot of these teams have so much experience. I do think that it is the, the deepest. I mean, it helps having as many teams as they have, but it is right. incredibly deep. So I, as I look at it, uh, it's really hard to go against chalk here of, of Illinois at the one seed. I believe that the technically favored team uh, to go into this Big Ten tournament was Purdue being hosted in Indianapolis. Obviously, they're, I'm sure they're going to have a very large contingent of fans there. But – if you want to look outside of the top four of maybe, maybe that's a good place to start if outside of those top four teams. Cause clearly I think any of those four are very evenly matched going into it, or I should say top three records include. So Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue, those top three are quite elite. Outside of that, is there a team that you would say, or who you would be looking at of like, Hey, this team can really win it. Um, I, I would say Michigan. Um, Juwan Howard's pretty good coach. Um, and like I've said before, um, I think coaching is important this time of year, and he really gets his players to play for him. He's um, back. Yeah, and he's back. And they have lots of talent on this team. Caleb Houston, uh, um, Hunter Dickinson, um, who, which, which, frankly, the entire year I've watched Michigan, I really don't understand why they don't use Hunter Dickinson more. Um, Caleb Houston kind of seems to have uh, – they kind of seem to give him the green light to shoot whenever he wants, and, and he is not the best three-point shooter. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd go with Michigan as, a, as my dark horse, um, per se. But as far as just, like, favorite team who I think is going to win this win this tournament, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. And that's because of uh, Johnny Davis and Chucky Hepburn. They've been great this year. Um... I've, I'm really impressed with that team because they were not picked to finish very high in the Big Ten. They have really gelled together extremely well this year. Play great defense, shoot the ball well, find ways to win games. Um, I just don't know if a tournament is going to be their best friend, especially a tournament with teams that know them and have played them very well and maybe have, have figured out some schemes around their defense. I, I would say my long shot is Iowa. A team that's really starting to pick it up here and play great as of late, but uh, they're an extremely, extremely volatile team. 
very hot and cold type team. So, oh, yeah. uh, they, they have the goods and they can definitely go in there and knock off any of the teams. But like I said earlier, if they got bounced by Northwestern Nebraska, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And funny thing about Iowa is Keegan Murray, um, their leading scorer, um, like he came out of the blue this year. No one expected him to put up the numbers he's putting up. He's scoring, I believe, 19 a game. And um, I was watching the Michigan game, Iowa-Michigan game last week, and this guy did not miss in the first half. Like, he could that, – that dude can shoot from anywhere. But like you said, they are one of the most hot and cold teams, not just in the Big Ten, but in the entire country. As we sit here and look at it, I was trying to look at the Big Ten tournament of who's going to need to have a big tourney to help themselves out. And there are some teams that are squarely on the bubble here. There's good three, good three, four on the bubble, I'd say. Yeah, Michigan is in a last four bye. Indiana. Rutgers on the last four in. You've got Indiana as the first in first four out. Uh, so all three of those teams, uh, very squarely, obviously, on the bubble coming into it. So, And you're going to have Michigan-Indiana in that first game. Huge, huge game for Indiana if they can somehow win it. If they lose, Then if Michigan loses, do they fall off the bubble? Depends on bid stealers, I think, in my opinion. But that's going to be – that is a huge game, obviously, for both teams. It's almost, in a sense, it's a de facto plan game, in a way. And then, who else did I just say? You've got, uh, obviously, Rutgers. I, I think Rutgers is squarely in myself. Um, they've played good enough down the stretch. They've got a couple big wins. Yeah, I'd, I'd find it hard to not put the number four team in the Big Ten regular season, not in the tournament. yeah. I mean, they played so well in the play that it's – I mean, you're playing in the Big Ten. Like, if you're getting wins against those competition, you're obviously, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the country, and you deserve to make the tournament. Sparty is in, aren't they? Um, They were sitting around the bubble. I think they're probably in now because they've kind of hit a – Yeah, I think that, uh, that Purdue game gave them a huge boost. I'm looking over Joe Lenardi's last bracket right now trying to – Squarely scroll through this. I'm not seeing them on here. He has them out. So I guess they've got to make a. Oh, no, no, never mind. I missed them. They're on eight seed. Uh, so, no, he hasn't been. Uh, I think they're safe, win or lose. I think it will be fun. But a couple teams coming into the tournament, a lot to play for, especially like we said, the Michigan Indiana game. Anything else or Pac 12? Yeah, uh, just one more thing funny about Michigan State. Michigan State is undefeated when Max Christie scores more than 10 points. It's a little fun fact for you there. Really? Yeah. And you start looking at, God, that, you get a Tom Enzo team in a tournament and it's hard to knock them out. You know? Yeah, I mean, Izzo is a great coach. I mean, he's obviously coached for a long time. And um, Sparty definitely has the history behind them. So they, they know how to win these, these kind of games. They know how to get in the tournament. They know how to make a run, so. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Pac-12. Oh, Pac-12. Who is it? Uh, what's his? Who's the ESPN announcer? Oh, Bill Walton. Bill Walton. His League of Champions, where he somehow probably has eight teams from Pac-12 still getting into the NCAA tournament. If you ask Bill Walton to to put teams in, I promise you, people, there will not be eight teams coming out of the Pac-12. There will only be a handful. But as we sit here and look at it. 
Uh, you've already had one big upset today of Stanford coming storming back against Arizona State to win at the buzzer. They were down 12 with three minutes to go, and they came all the way back to win. Um, it was one of the crazier things I have seen in a while uh, going into it. But so you've already had that one as a huge one. They will play Arizona tomorrow. Oregon, Oregon State are currently playing. The winner of that will play Colorado. Cal, Washington State play today. They play UCLA. And then Utah, Washington, the winner plays USC. Where do you see the uh, the Pac-12 playing out? Uh, I, I think this one's probably a little bit easier to, to work our way through. I mean, it's hard to, to not say Arizona. I mean, they look like the best team in the country this year. Um, I know a lot of people are really high on UCLA going into the year just because of how the, how well they played in the tournament last year, and they didn't lose anyone. So um, I'd say UCLA and Arizona, I mean, it's, they're the top two seeds, so it kind of makes sense. But those two are probably squarely my two favorites. Um, I'm going to give the nod to Arizona just because of how well they played, but don't count UCLA out. I'm right there with you. Uh, I think that those two are – Far and away, the best two teams in this conference. I think that Arizona, if Arizona doesn't win this uh, Pac-12 tournament, I would be extremely shocked. I think the only reason they would do that is if they lose to Colorado, who they lost to a couple of weeks ago. Well, that was in Boulder, really, really tough place to play in Boulder in the altitude. I think that that's not the only team that's good enough to knock them off. Um, I think that USC is a fraud, personally. I think that they're not very good. Um, so UCLA will have a very easy time getting themselves into the championship game from their side of the bracket. So I look at it as it's going to be UCLA, very likely Arizona, Arizona will beat UCLA. They match up extremely well, but I think Colorado has a small, small chance of knocking off Arizona. And if that happens, then probably UCLA immediately becomes a favorite at that point. And you're, and you're talking about a league that, I believe Colorado is in looking at it. Um, I know USC is a seven seed, so they're not even that. They're squarely in, but it's not by much. Uh, I don't see Colorado. So I think that the Pac-12 is staring at a three-bid league as we stand here today. Yeah, I mean, as a power conference, like there's conferences like the West Coast Conference that get that many teams in some years so uh, yeah, I just, Colorado, Colorado would be a bid stealer yeah I don't love the Pac-12 by any means no I it's not going to be like last year I can promise you it's not going to be like last year's tournament so if any team outside of UCLA USC and Arizona win you're looking at a 100% a bid stealer for some other bubble team so agreed I saw, Oregon was in the bubble but I'm not confident in them uh, they don't really have that it guy like they did last year with um, Durate, who no. his name is. Yeah, they, they do not have it uh, this year. Duarte. They've been a little bit of a disappointing team. So, yeah, I agreed. So, uh, I believe Dana Altman's on his way out, if I'm not mistaken. I've, I've heard rumblings of Dana Altman leaving, so. Really? They're they're going to be in a world of hurt. He should come back and be an assistant coach for Greg McDermott. Come back to Omaha. <laughs> oh, that would be a that'd be a heck of a win if they could pull that one off. Not another chance. 
<laughs> he's a good coach. All right. Um, last but not least, the it just means more. SEC, the champions, the best conference in all of sports. It doesn't matter what sport we're talking about here. SEC reigns supreme. Come on here, right? That makes me want to vomit. You just said that. <laughs> I had to do it just to get under your skin there. But no, uh, last but not least, in terms of our alphabetical order here of going through the big six uh, conference tournaments, break it down. The uh, the tournament that I will be attending, I cannot wait to see this. There's going to be a lot of a lot of really good basketball. But if you start looking looking at down the league of uh, teams to win this tournament, I, I think you probably got to start with the top four seeds. I was going to say the exact same thing. I think the top four seeds and then Alabama. I think are the teams that I think I could see winning this um, LSU. I guess I don't know much too much about, but they're the five seeds. So who knows? But um, if I'm picking a team to win this, I'm going to go with the easy pick and say Auburn. Um, they got shooters. They play hard defense. They tur- force turnovers. I mean, there's not much to hate about Auburn. Uh, I would say, I do think you're not wrong in saying that Auburn is, is an easy, easy thing to look at the pick. I mean, they were the number one team in the country for a few weeks. They are an extremely talented team. They've got a amazing duo with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Jabari Smith, I think might be one of the best players in the nation. If not the, he probably is going to be the top, the top pick in the NFL draft next year. Uh, if NFL? You, uh, what NFL draft? NBA draft. Did I say NFL? Did I say NFL? You did, yes. <laughs> oh, nice. No, NBA draft, yeah. If he goes to the NFL draft and he's the number one pick, that's really impressive. Uh, but no, so I, when I break it down, like we said, top four teams I think is where you've got to start. Um, and so that is Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas. Uh, to Stay away from a little bit of homership and also just who I think is probably going to win this conference. Kentucky. Um, I think they they will be the best team away from home. The SEC is extremely wild this year in that the top four seeds were a combined 66 and one at home. So these teams were incredible on their home floor. Now we're going to Tampa where there's probably not going to be a very large contingent for any of these teams. I, w- I would imagine that no team is going to overly run, you know, take over the arena in terms of fan support. So you're going to have a very, very neutral atmosphere. Let's see how these teams play. And I'm, I'm going to go with Kentucky in this, in this situation. I think that uh, coach Cal will have his boys ready to play. They always play well in the sec tournament. I think that Tennessee's got a very good chance, although we just have a really big bugaboo when it comes to the SEC tournament. We haven't won it since 1973. There's just – in even the years that we play really well, we make it to the final, we can never get it done. A couple of years ago, we knocked off Kentucky in a, a thrilling semifinal game, used up all of our energy, and then got trounced by Auburn the very next, the very next game. And that was, that was actually the year that Auburn made it to the, uh, the final four. So that was a good team, but – yeah, it's just it's been a bugger before. So I'm going to say Kentucky. And then you mentioned LSU. I know you said you don't know much about them. But let me tell you that that is not a team that anybody wants to play. They started off the SEC three or four and oh, had a couple of very nice wins. They beat Kentucky. They beat Tennessee early on and they were rolling. And then their point guard, Xavier Pinson, gets hurt. And for the next month or so, they were horrific. Um, they fell off the 
they fell off the map, lost a lot of games. They they won like two out of six or seven games, and the only two wins were against a pretty crappy AM team at that time, too. So nothing was impressive. I, I like that A or I like that LSU team that if they get a right matchup, they can make a deep, deep run, not just in this tournament. I think that they're going to be a team to watch out for in the uh, NCAA tournament as well. Nobody wants to play them. I can tell you, every SEC fan will tell you, they do not want to see LSU in this tournament, especially not in the next tournament. And Alabama is just, they live and die by the three. They're going to go out there and they're going to jack up 43s. And if they go out there and they shoot 50%, you're not going to beat them. If they go out there and they shoot 20%, you're probably going to trounce them. Thoughts? No, no, I, I mean, I'll take your word for it. I, it's, like I said, I haven't, I haven't watched a, I haven't watched LSU this year. I don't, I don't think I've seen a single game of LSU. So, um, yeah, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, SEC is definitely going to be a fun tournament to watch. Um, I really hope you have, have a good time down there. And I'll be cheering for Tennessee, but like I said, I got, I got Auburn. Uh, you can, you can take War Eagle and uh, you can, you can go hide it where the sun don't shine. So, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like Bruce Pearl. It's nice. Oh, that is a it's a love hate relationship with Tennessee against Bruce Pearl for many reasons. But was he at Tennessee? Uh, yeah, he was. He was our coach for a long, long time. That was when we really started to become good in the mid to late two thousands, and then he got himself in a scandal and got fired. Oh boy! So put us put us down on track for a few years there for the basketball team. Two sanctions, but. Yeah, uh, that, that kind of fires our way on on through the uh, the college basketball talk. And, you know, some of the mid-major tournaments have been fantastic already. The the ending of the UTC-Furman game was wild. Um, congrats to UTC, UT Chattanooga getting in. Uh, poor Furman losing on a buzzer beater. They hadn't made the tournament since 1980. They finished now third in their conference, third or better in their conference for six straight years without making the NCAA tournament. Just unfortunate for them, but that's sometimes how the, that's how the the dice rolls at this time of year. Sometimes that was very painful. I mean, and we also I mean, another interesting storyline. I mean, did you see the Bryant and Wagner game last night? That was crazy. Yeah, what fight broke out in the stands? Teams have got to look at that going forward. Of I, I think it's cool that you have these small teams and small tournaments and in a gym and it's such a close knit atmosphere, but. Like, Whose bright idea was it to put the student section right behind the opposing team's uh, fam- like friends and family? Like, like put them on the yeah, other. That's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, that is very strange. I mean, and I'm kind of excited to watch Bryant in the tournament because I think they're a pretty good team. Peter Kiss is actually the leading scorer in the country, and he is a really interesting player to watch. He's six six. He can shoot it. He's athletic, and he has a dog mentality. Like. He it's, likes to talk too. He loves to talk, <laughs> and I think it's hilarious. I mean, he, he kind of looks like and reminds me of Tyler Hero a little bit. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, he just kind of plays that at like he uh, leans into that villain mentality a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I mean, he was this is his third school. He was at Quinnipiac, started off his career, and then he went to Rutgers for two years. Um, barely played at Rutgers, and then uh, now he's out at out at uh, Bryant and. Doing big things there. And who else was a really hateable guy, but uh, was beloved by his own fans? Was uh, Grayson Allen? 
another another uh, guy who was a villain to everybody else. Well, that was because he played a little bit dirty. Oh, he's the dirtiest player I've ever seen. He broke out. <laughs> he broke Alex Caruso's arm this year in a game really? in the NBA. Yeah, O'Connell or O'Connell Caruso uh, stole the ball from him and went up for a dunk, and he came up and took his legs out and broke his wrist. Yeah, he got suspended for two games for doing that. He's a he's a dirty player, but he was another villain. There's no other way you could put these other than he's dirty. Yeah. So, but no, I I agree with you though. That the Kiss is going to be a fun team to watch. That prime team could be a lot like a North Texas or even a um, uh, Oral Roberts this year. When you get that that elite of a score, who knows what happens when you get them into the tournament? Because if they go off for thirty five points, it's going to be hard to knock anybody out. Right. Um. Outside of that, I think that just about covers all that we have um, on Doc, unless you've got some other topics here for you want to. Yeah, just about, yeah, like you said, just about covers it. Yeah, no, this is going to be a fun, fun weekend as we sit here on Wednesday recording this for you guys. Um, a lot, a lot of basketball over the next four or five, four days. And then next time we come to you next week, we will have a bracket to talk about. We'll go through give you all of the first round matchups. It was one of our favorite podcasts last year. You guys loved it. We were terrible last year. We're going to strive to be a lot better this year uh, in our, in our picks, but we'll have a full crew for that one to break down all of those games. I can't wait for it because some come Sunday night, we will finally have a bracket and we get to start talking matchups. I'm excited for it. I'll tell you that. Great. Best time of year. Well, good deal. Then uh, we appreciate you hopping on, Brett. And uh, like we said, like I just said, we will see all of you guys next week.